Today's share is sponsored with Shlema, Avram Menashe Ben Rachel Miriam, and Sephora Figa Bas Golda. As we get closer to the Purim Pesach season, and making this wine season, one of the obviously most obvious kosher um, related questions when it comes to wine is Yain Nesach and Mavoshal. So we'll go to the background a little bit. What's the concept of Yain Nesach? What's the background? What's the concept of how we get out of that with Mavoshal? And we'll go exactly focus on exactly what is Mavoshal and focusing on um, the concept of pasteurization. So the Gemara in Avaydazara tells us that if someone pours wine for an Avaydazara as part of their service for Avaydazara, that wine, you cannot drink that wine, prohibited to drink that wine, it's prohibited even to benefit from that wine. The Gemara brings Psukim for that. Presumably an Isra The Mishnah tells us that any wine which was produced by a Gentile, presumably that means any wine which was even produced by a Jew and then later touched by a Gentile, is there's a general prohibition on that wine as well. So we know that if wine is actually poured from a Zazaro, that we have a Psukim for the ter- we have a Psukim that tells us that there's, that wine is prohibited. The Mishnah says any wine even we don't we have no reason to assume we have no reason to assume with poor family desire is nonetheless prohibited as well. Now there seems to be a contradiction in the Gemara to exactly what the reason why is any wine produced or touched by a Gentile considered um, prohibited to drink and we're going to see even prohibited to benefit from. Why is that? So the Gemara one Gemara seems to say clearly, clearly that it's because it's to avoid intermarriage, to avoid social contact, to avoid uh, put up a social barrier between Jews and non-Jews. Therefore, we made a prohibition on any of their wines. It's on a whole list of other types of similar type pro- prohibitions. We have Bishalakum, we know there's a very similar concept. Things cooked by a non-Jew, we're not allowed to eat. Also, we're not allowed to eat, um, we're not allowed to drink their wine. It was just another barrier to intermarriage. However, the Gemara also, somewhere else, a couple of blocks before, it seems to bring a source for this whole halacha from the concept, the, the fact that you're not allowed to drink any wine that was produced by Naju. The Gemara seems to bring a source for that from one who pours wine for his avodazar. It seems the Gemara seems to be saying that the concern is that maybe he poured wine for his avodazar. Which one is it? Is it because we're con- because of the concern of, of intermarriage, or is it because of the concern that maybe he actually poured this wine for his avodazar? There's a question asked by all the Rishonim. Tosis and other Rishonim answer that the concern is intermarriage. The reason why you're not allowed to drink wine produced or touched by an Anju is because is, is because of inter, to, to, to prevent intermarriage. However, since we know there's another way that wine can come um, can become prohibited, that is one is poured for the Mojazara, Chazal, so to, so to speak, attached themselves to that prohibition. When they made this new prohibition, they put it in the framework of that previous prohibition, and therefore they said that you're not allowed to drink that wine, and this had, wine has an extra stringency over all the other intermarriage xeris, and that is that it's also prohibited to benefit from as if it had actually been poured for Avodazar. So the real prohibition, the real reason is because of intermarriage. We gave it the framework of one who poured for, um, wine for Avodazar, therefore it's prohibited to drink from it and to benefit from as well. Exactly benefit from is the whole shell exactly how to apply that practically today. That's not our, that's not our discussion. Okay, so we know that there's a prohibition, again, to drink or perhaps benefit from any wine which was touched or produced by a Gentile. Now the Gemara says, the way out of that, the exception to that case is wine which is mevushal, wine which is cooked. Asks the Rush, if the concern is intermarriage, if we, we know that in general it's assumed that then Gentiles would not necessarily pour wine for, um, that cooked wine for their avodazara. That, understand, but if the concern is intermarriage, how does cooking the wine make it less of a concern of intermarriage. Why would cooking the wine, why would that take away that, that prohibition? 
So the rush says, the rush gives the answer. He says that that cooked wine is uncommon. People do not generally cook their wine. There's no reason really to, for a person to cook wine. And Chazal did not give, did not make exera on something which is uncommon. Something which is not common, they did not make exera on. Therefore, Chazal never made a prohibition on this wine. This is uncommon. That's the Russia's answer for why Yain Mavushal, cooked wine, does not have the prohibition um, if it, you're allowed to drink it, even if it is um, touched by a Gentile. The Rajva gives a different answer. The Rajva says that wine which is cooked, it degrades the wine, and it's a whole new product, and it's an inferior product, and people don't call it wine anymore. They call it cooked wine. Yain Mavushal. They don't call it wine anymore. Change the actual name of it. And since they changed the name of it, that wasn't what Chazal asked. Chazal asked regular wine. They never asked cooked wine because it's just a different, it's a different product. It's, a, it's an inferior and different product, and Chazal never, and never um, prohibited that product. So we have two reasons why Mavushal would, um, would, 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 be, would be a reason why you're allowed to um, drink wine which was touched by, Yain Mavushal was touched by a Gentile. Either according to the Rush, because it's uncommon and it was never included in the Xero, or according to the Rajva, it's a different product because inferior and therefore was never included in the Xero. We'll come back to these reasons later. We'll see they'll have a big effect on the whole pasteurization discussion. Now the next question is, what makes wine Mavushal? What makes wine considered to be cooked? So the, the, the way the Shulchan Aruch says it, coming based really on the Rishayim, he says when it, when it begins to cook, again, it gets to get hot, which generally we know when something's called cooked is when Yatzel something's cooked when it reaches Yatzel that's when you violate prohibition of Bishol and Shabbos. So to over here, when it, when it reaches the temperature of Yatzel that the place can assume is when it's called cooked. What's the Atzaladispo for this halacha? So the, it's assumed in America, based on Ramesha Feinstein Shubis, that 175 degrees is considered Yatzaladispo for Yayin Nesach. Therefore, um, once wine is cooked to 175 degrees, according to Ramesha Feinstein, that wine, even if it is after that, after it's cooked, touched by a Gentile, completely permissible. What? That's, that's the assumption over here. Yes, you can, the different places means everything. That is the, that's how the place can assume it to mean over here. However, there is a shach which comments on that Shulchan Aruch, and he said, the Shulchan Aruch said that it has to get, has to, has to, has to get hot. The, the shach comment says it has to be, you have to, you have to be might me dosa, you have to reduce its value. When you, when you cook something up and boil it up, it reduces, it, it, it evaporates out, cooks out, and you, you have less volume here. The shach says it has to might me dosa, you have to lose its volume in order to be considered to be cooked. Now the question is, what is the shach coming to do? He's commenting on the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch said it had to be, had to get hot. Is he, the way Ramesh Feinstein understands it, he's just giving you another way to determine that, that temperature. The Shach says it had to reduce its volume. Perhaps that would make the grades of wine or something like that. But it had to reduce its volume. And Ramesh says, and that happened at Yatzel Adesbo. And he's agreeing to the Shulchan Aruch. He's just saying a different point of it. He's pointing out a different factor, but he's agreeing to the Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch is giving you a, so speak, a temperature, and the Shach is giving you a, a physical way, a physical aspect of it. Both, both are true, and both are maybe, perhaps even necessary. Has to reach the temperature of Yats Lesbo, and, and, that, and, and when that happens, you lose some of the value. Other places can disagree. Rav Wagner, the Minchis Yitzchak of Dayan Weiss, Dayan Weiss, he, they, they disagree with Ramesha, and they say, no, the Shach is arguing on the Shulchan Aruch, and he's saying, it means when you get much hotter than the Yatzel Adespo, it's not going to reduce its volume too much. No, that's when it really gets much hotter. They don't say exactly what that means. Much hotter than that. And that's when it really, you see it starts, you know, boiling out and you, and you actually lose some of its volume. So we have a machlokas. Does it, is it 
that's a lot as well. 175 degrees is sufficient, or that has to be at a higher temperature where you're actually going to um, re significantly reduce the volume based on the sh on this understanding that the shach is arguing on the shochanach. Right. 175 does lose anything? The, so assumes that 175 does lose something. Could be something to the machlekes in on the facts. So they lose something because they're going that's a, that enough of a loss to be um, according to the, the shach. So Rav is saying that that shach just means a minimal loss. And the other price is saying, no, he means a much larger loss and he's arguing on the Shokanach. Um, practically, in America, um, the, most, of, most of the cautious agencies follow of Misha, and they say 175 degrees, some they'll get it to 180, just to be careful. They'll say 175 degrees is sufficient in order to be called Mavoshal. Um, a notable exception to that, if you look at on any of the, many of the, not all of them, many of the Kedem battles have two Echshayim on there. The Kedem battles have a OU. And they also have the original hexer, the original certifier of the Kedem, um, the Kedem, the Kedem products as kosher, was the Salem Arav. And his, his hexer is still on there today. The Salem Arav hold, held that it had to be much higher than 175, 190, 195 around there. He held it had to be higher than that. The OU, because they have his hexer on there, on the, the Kedem wines, the Kedem grape juices that have his hexer on there, because they have his hexer on there, they have to give the higher they have to get it much higher in order to satisfy his opinion, and therefore those products that have his hexa on there are going to be um, are going to are going to be heated to at least 190, 195. But in general, according to most of the national agencies in America, the Star K, the OU, etc., they will say 175 is sufficient in order to make it um, considered to be mivoshal. Okay, that's how, that's how the temperature needed to be mivoshal. Next question becomes really the process. So the old way you make something mevushal was you put it in a huge vat and you heat it up the vat like you're cooking like you're cooking it and you get it to whatever temperature the the the, the agency the cash agency needs to be, be to consider mevushal 175 according to most of them right and now it's considered to be mevushal that was a simple way of doing it there's something called pasteurization you know that that's used to kill the bacteria in various juices and milk and and originally, 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 the, the, it was, came about to, to, for wine, but we'll see it's not exactly used so much for wine today, but it was used for many juices and for milk, and that kills the bacteria again. Getting, they heat, used to heat it up similarly in a way, they used to be, they used to do a kind called vat pasteurization, heat it up in a pot to that temperature, and then cool down. More, much more, uh, uh, more recent innovation is something called flash pasteurization. Flash pasteurization is where essentially they run the juice through a bunch of tubes. These tubes um, run in between um, thin metal plates, which are heated up by hot water on the other side of the plate. Running the juice through those, through those metal plates, I don't know exactly how it works, the science of it, but will heat it up in an extremely short time, in a matter of seconds, will heat it up to the desired temperature. And then they'll run it out on the other side of it to cool down into cold metal plates. Let's reverse the process and run into cold metal plates, um, and that will rapidly um, decrease the temperature. So rapidly increase to the desired temperature and then rapidly cool down. That is the a very, very common way of doing pasteurization today and all the juices and all the milks that they do pasteurization on, they'll very, very frequently use this way of doing it. And the question is, is that going to suffice to make wine mavushal? It's a very, it's a, it's a very controlled way. It's very easy to configure exactly how hot it's getting. You know exactly it got that hot and it's very, and it's very instantaneous. It happens very quickly. There are, there are many benefits to, do, to doing it. Question is, will that be considered? Will that be considered to be mivoshal? Well, 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 we'll get to, we'll get to all the. Well, 
Okay, so the que that was a question discussed by many of the Gedele Paiskim. So the first argument that perhaps, now we're getting to that temperature. We're getting to the temperature we said to be, needs to be mavushal. That So the first, you look at it, getting to that temperature, why shouldn't that be considered to be mavushal? So the first argument we find against it comes from Revol Yashiv. Revol Yashiv has chubas about this, and he writes that he was, what he said, he was told, and he says, if what I'm told is true, he says that, that, that wine, most wine today is pasteurized. He says, if most wine today is pasteurized, what was the Russia's whole reason why wine, why Mavushal helps, cooking the wine helps, is because it's unusual. Well, if that's the way they make wine today, then it is usual. The reason of the rush is that it's unusual. If we're changing it today, making it yeah usual, then perhaps the whole that doesn't have the whole concept of Mavushal wouldn't help you if this is the way they usually this is the thing they usually do with wine. Usually with wine, they flash pasteurize it. So you're not making anything unusual about it. And therefore, Yashiv wants to say that based on the rush, we said the whole reason why Mavushal is not a problem is because it's unusual. But if today Flash pasteurization on wine is usual. Ravyashiv wants to say that we no longer have that leniency called mavushal from flash pasteurization. Just point out a couple of practical things. Ravyashiv says it many times in Shuva. This is what I was told, and if what I'm told is true, then this would be the halacha. Practically, most wines out of the kosher market are not pasteurized. They're able to get around the health, the, the health issues with other ways. They do not want to pasteurize it for various reasons. We'll talk about in a couple minutes. But they're able to. Um, they're able to get able, they're able to get around. They're able to get around the um, the health issues in, in, in other ways, and do not pasteurize most wines out of the kosher wine market. What are two types of things which are pasteurized? First of all, almost all grape juice is pasteurized. And you go to HO, almost everything pasteurized also flat because of mavushal. So I mean, all the, all the, making all the kosher wine, all the wine coming out of HO, most of it is mavushal. Right? Most of it has some sort of kosher certification, wants it to be mavushal, they're, they're pasteurizing it. So you have essentially two groups of things which are commonly pasteurized. One of those is grape juice, the other is, is wine and eric shell. What would Rebel Yashiv say to that, Matthias? No, wine and the market is not. The general wine on the market is not kosher. Uh, general wine on the non kosher market is not pasteurized. In eric shell, it's almost all kosher on some level. Um, and in America, the, the, the grape juice is almost all pasteurized. What, what would Ravyashev say to that? If I have one specific type of wine, a grape juice is essentially a type of wine for all purposes, right? Which is which is pasteurized. Would he say that that type would, would he say that that's enough to say that that pasteurization no longer works for grape juice? Would he say that if in Eretz all the wine is pasteurized, that's enough to no longer make consider reversal? Not clear what he would hold based on the on the actual facts. The facts he was told do not seem to be accurate that all wine is is is, is pasteurized. So that reason. Not clear exactly how that how how that how to apply that practically. Yeah. So they when they want to do it to make it kosher, they'll make it they'll make it higher. And 160, our opinion is even 160 would be sufficient. But um, we're relying that you know if we, we're on purpose, but 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 it are, there are such opinions. Why would you say that the because this particular, like, like the mitzvah, the, the juices in general are going to be pasteurized, and therefore, if you're going to hold like the watch, then don't eat grape juice. Unless there's then, then you mean that grape juice wouldn't be considered mavushal? You mean? Grape yeah. juice is no longer considered mavushal. Yeah, yeah, so you can, or you can say, maybe, maybe he would say, that, look at all the wines, and, wine, and on wines in general, pasteurization is not, is, is, is not common. 
grape juice is grape juice is just another subdivision. Halakhically, grape juice is a subdivision of wine. Now, 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 or or maybe he'd argue like you're saying. I'm just pointing. Out, I, I, it's not clear what he said. He he was he was under the impression that all wines are pasteurized. That's not true. Now the question is, what would he say with the practicality? With the current practicality, it's not clear. Maybe he would say like you're saying that grape juice we look at it as its own category and that's always pasteurized, or you'd say we just look at it as like another small tiny percentage of the wine industry and and that and most <coughs> wines are not pasteurized. Okay. A second argument why against pasteurization, why pasteurization would not help for it to make it mavushal. comes from Shlomo Zaman Arbach. Shlomo Zaman Arbach says, what was the reason of the Rajbo? Why? Why, 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 why um, cooking wine does not, uh, makes it now per, um, permitted if it's touched by an Anju? He said, because cooked wine is degraded and it's considered to be an inferior product and has a different name. Cooked wine, not regular wine. Rabbi Yashif says, Rabbi Shlomo Zaman says, sorry, that, that Shlomo Zaman says that pasteurized flash wine, which is flash pasteurized, does not get degraded. You can't tell the difference. That's why the winemakers like it. That's why all the kosher winemakers love pasteurization, because it does not degrade the wine as if you had cooked it. That's why they, that's why they all want to do it today, because um, it, it keeps the wine much in, in a much better state. So Rosham Zaman says, if you can't tell the difference between wine, which is flash pasteurized, and wine, which is not flash pasteurized, then the whole reason of the Rajvah, that it's a degraded wine and is no longer referred to as regular wine, no longer applies. That's what Shlomo Zaman's argument, why he wants to say why, why um, wine which is flash pasteurized would not be considered to be mevushal. There's practically there's two possible arguments on, on, on Rav Yashiv, on Shlomo Zaman. First of all, Ravadia points out, he says, that, that we don't necessarily follow this Rajvah la halacha. The Rajvah does say that, not necessarily we follow this Rajvah la halacha. Practically, there seems to be, when Shlomo Zaman alludes to this, um, he seems to allude to the fact that, that some people say they could tell the difference if wine is flash pasteurized. He seems to be almost a difference of opinions amongst the experts whether or not flash pasteurization will affect the quality of the wine. Shlomo Zaman says, I asked my experts, they told me it doesn't. Some, some rub in America wrote to Shlomo Zaman and he says it does affect the wine. Different, it could be different depends who's actually looking at the wine, what level expert they are. Um, it also could be different. Different. Different winemakers have different um, techniques. Exactly how they flash pasteurize it. Could be the ones who do it, who have perfected it, in a way that they do not want their wine to taste bad. That's why they perfected it. Um, it will. It will it, um, flash pasteurization will not have the same effect on it as those who have actually who are just you know doing it in a, in a more general way. There was, I believe, a study in the 1990s where someone took a specific wine, a kosher winemaker who was known to have a very perfected the technique of flash pasteurization, and they gave it to numerous experts who said they could not tell the difference. Um, it, that was one particular winemaker, and you know, and he, the winemaker is known to have done it very well. How that would apply on the general, on a, on, a, on a general scale, is not clear. But again, Rishon Zalman is of the opinion that flash pasteurization does not degrade the wine, and therefore you lose the reason of the Rajvo that says the whole reason is because it's an inferior wine, and therefore Kohen Shem Arbach, flash pasteurized wine is not considered to be mevushal. A third argument is we mentioned before the Shach says that in order to, in, in order to be considered mevushal, you have to reduce the volume, you have to get the heat, and, and you have to get hot enough that, and that it reduces the volume. The way the flash pasteurization systems work, they're not an open pot like the old vat pasteurizations. They're flowing through a tube. Any wine which, 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 which evaporates out from the heat goes right back in. So you start the exact, exact volume that you put into the flash pasteurizer is what is going to come out of the flash pasteurizer. So it says of um, Rebetzion Abba he says, well, according to that, 
you, you're missing the shach. The shach says you have to lose, you have to lose some of the volume. You're not losing the volume because it's in a closed system where you never lose anything. So we we'll, we'll, we'll the second thing. That's 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 what Rabbi Tzion wants to say. Why? And the third reason why flash pasteurization should not be considered to be mavushal. Um, the arguments against that. There's two possible arguments against that. First of all, was the shach actually telling me you have to actually lose volume? Or you're telling me a temperature? You have to get it hot enough that under normal circumstances it would lose the volume. If it just hot enough that under normal circumstances it would lose the volume, this wine gets to that that, that temperature. It just happens to be practically it's not going to go anywhere. That's one argument against Revitzion Ashul. A second argument um, made by Revadio is that is that this wine actually did lose it. And then it got added back in. It didn't not lose it. It, it goes, it, it separates, and then goes right back in. So he wants to say, no, no, even if you say it needs to actually be reduced, it was reduced. But then it got added back in. Um, the Star K, they, they try to avoid this issue. They actually, on any wine which is certified by them in a flash pasteurizer, they'll have the mashkiach press a button which releases a, um, a pressure valve every so often, periodically, and that will let out a, lot of, a whole lot of steam, and that, will, they say, will be sufficient to be considered that it lost its volume. Just to recap what we, what we have, what we've been talking about. What I'm basically saying is, uh, when you're cooking something, you have to realize that you know, alcohol has a lower boiling point. Correct. Whatever the boiling point of alcohol would be. That would... You're going to lose a lot more alcohol. You're going to lose that much water. What are the, you know, the okay. 12? The, will, you elude, will you lose the volume? Well, if it, okay, whatever, whatever you need to lose, you will not lose that through the flash pasteurization because it's going to go right back in. There's come down. There are essentially three, three reasons why, possible reasons why flash pasteurization is maximum bushel. Either because maybe it's common today, and therefore you don't have the reason of the rush, or because it does not degrade the wine, and therefore you do not have the reason of the rajba, or because you are not losing any volume, and therefore you would be missing the, one of the criteria of the shach. Practically we said there are arguments in all three, perhaps wine today is not really, most wine is not pasteurized. Some will argue in some examen whether or not um, it actually does degrade the wine or not. Some say it does degrade the wine. Also, it's not clear that we actually follow the rajba. And the, and the third argument, and then the argument against those who say that it needs to actually lose its volume, some will say that it's just a temperature, and others will say it actually did lose the volume, it just got added back. Practically, even though Rosh Zalman and, and many of the Pais Kamenei Shal were against flash pasteurization for um, we're against flash pressurization for Kedar Mavushal. The American cautious agencies assume it does work. Maybe based on Rav Maisha Feinstein, they quote Rav Maisha Feinstein. I'm not sure where, I didn't see exactly where in the Shuvah they totally talk about flash pressurization. Maybe they heard orally from him, but it's not clear exactly, but they seem to assume that it does work. Ravadia goes that way also, that it, technically that flash pressurization does work. And that's what the American cautious agencies rely on. Again, in their show, um, Shomazaman was against it, therefore sometimes the ones who America today, anything that says Mavushal is almost all flash pasteurized. That's the most efficient way, and it's the way that keeps the taste the best. Therefore, anything today in America you can assume is basically the says Mavushal on it is flash pasteurized. In HL, sometimes they'll differentiate between regular Mavushal and all the depending on the cashless agency in HL, because of Rashal Mazalman and the other price scheme, and they only flash pasteurize it, the right? Mavushal, Aide Pister. Mavushal through pasteurization. Therefore, those who know that you can ask your local SX rabbi whether or not you consider that to be Mavushal.